0: And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Pernelli, that's Bud Elliott, I'm Chip Patterson, coming to you live at youtube.com slash Cover 3 and across the 24-7 Sports Facebook networks. Thank you for hanging out, thank you for jumping in the chat. While you're here, please smash that like button. It helps grow the show, it helps more people know about this multi-platform excellence that we have here on the Cover 3 Podcast. Today's business, we're dipping into that big old bag of mail now we've got some questions looking ahead uh, about you know what if we change the heisman trophy voting the calendar of it at least how would that change uh the way that players approach the postseason how would that change the way that voters uh, look at who is awarded the most outstanding player in all of college football plus uh, I kid you not, there are multiple Pit Panther questions. So shout out to the Pit fans that listen to the Cover 3 podcast. We will be answering at least a couple of those. Uh, and also, uh, if we have enough time, some more discussion on NIL collectives and the future of the sport. But, gentlemen, uh, we've we've got to start and with a, a question that is very, very pertinent. So we're not going to waste any more time. This question is from Bo. Sup, fellas. If this sup. year's March, is sup. Uh, if this year's March Madness bracket was instead a football tournament for the upcoming season, who would make your Elite Eight, Final Four, and who would cut down the field goal nets as champions? Uh, what games intrigue you in the early rounds, and who do you have as your bracket buster? And uh, When a team faces school that doesn't have a football program, you can assume they get a bye. Well, Bo, this is a time-honored tradition that for the three of us that have been in the blogosphere for a long time, this is... Is a well-known activity for college football when you're really reaching and grasping for some content ideas. But this year's bracket did provide a lot of fun. So we have... uh, I've got my um, bracket sketched out, but I thought it would be fun to go through this together. Uh, Producer Coca, if we could get the bracket up on the screen, we can... uh, Are are you guys down to just roll through this right now? Yes. Okay. Point of contention, which I think can be debate... I didn't exclusively use last year's teams to motivate my picks, but I mostly did. Yeah. Mostly. Mostly. Okay. Um, so let's start right. Gonzaga, Georgia State, Panthers, right?
1: Panthers. Panthers. Yeah, big 16 over one upset.
0: Big 16 over one upset. The <laughs> Panthers are into the second round. A little bit more interesting in the 8-9 game, Boise State against Memphis, Mountain West American Athletic Conference, two teams that as programs generally would like to be competing for conference championships. Which way do we lean on this one? This is
1: important. Yeah. I I had Memphis.
0: Mm, I had Boise.
1: I guess I'm outvoted, but this is a huge game because I think we agree that no matter who we agree on, they're probably beating Georgia State. So this is pretty much a birth to the Sweet 16.
0: It's a huge game, but I'm not going to overlook Georgia. The same Georgia State team that took Auburn down to the wire and needed some... (laughs) Help to be able to uh to get out of that game with a win. But I
1: see, I, mean, I think if you go based on last year, Memphis wins. If you just go by the last decade or more, really, Boise State wins, but I don't know. I think it's very, close.
0: Very, very close and competitive game in the five twelve. Absolute phenomenal matchup. Mm-hmm. A bottom twenty five. Heck. Bottom 10, game of the year of the century. UConn against New Mexico State. Tom, as the premier expert of the bottom 25, who did you end up giving the the nod to?
1: New Mexico State. They could score points. UConn can't.
0: New Mexico State kicked down the back door for me at 1 a.m. so many times during this college football season. The Aggies are also my pick, bud. So...
3: Uh, yeah, I, I went to Mexico State as well. They, they, they handled UMass, which is probably the best approximation mm-hmm. on that schedule for, for what would have happened against UConn. Um, do we think South Carolina State is better than UConn? Cause I, I, I think I do. They, they won the SWAC. They, they beat Dion's team. They could beat them.
0: You're using the common opponents, trying to figure it out. Yeah, I'm
3: like because your your power ratings are so there's so little interconnectivity there. I mean, losing 59 to three to Alabama is not really that predictive. Like they could have lost 70 to three. It doesn't really. (laughs) This is where some of the times the power ratings are a little bit iffy on the very bottom and on the very top. But I I did go to Mexico State as well. Aggies up.
0: Arkansas in over Vermont. Not even what? sure what the uh football Does situation is. Does Vermont that's... have football? Yeah,
3: I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure they do.
0: I'm not sure they do either. Uh, do we have Vermont listeners?
3: What 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 are our metrics like from Vermont? Do we have any catamounts in the crowd? I'm gonna pull up our, our, our megaphone uh, right on the back end here.
0: Uh, Alabama over Notre Dame, Bama.
1: Yeah, that's a it's a tough first round matchup for the Irish.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Like you look at, you look at like a spoiler alert and you see some of the teams we've got going late for Notre Dame to get stuck with Alabama in the first round is mean,
0: (laughs) mean committee committee was just all against the, the fighting Irish Montana state, you know, could be frisky if we were only collecting the FCS schools that are in this bracket, but against Texas tech, I I didn't think twice Raiders
1: Raiders. Yeah.
0: Uh, Michigan state over Davidson and Duke over Cal State, Fullerton. Mm-hmm. Do we want to play out the West or just keep going down?
1: Let's play out the West.
0: Okay. Georgia State, Boise State. I, I contend that Georgia State could be frisky. Boise. I gave Boise State the nod. Boise, yeah. Yeah. Okay. New Mexico State versus Arkansas, I'm pretty sure happens every four years. You mentioned the New Mexico <laughs> State pops up on Alabama's <laughs> schedule from time to time. I feel like they pop up on Arkansas from time to time, too. Whoopig. pig? Woo pig. Okay. Whoa, Alabama, Texas tech, Alabama. Yeah. Michigan state, Duke,
1: Michigan state.
0: Okay. Boise state, Arkansas,
3: Arkansas. Yeah. I went Arkansas here.
0: Just, I mean, Arkansas right now, phenomenal and excuse me, phenomenal compared to expectations, <laughs> Boise state, well, like, bud? What is your, What were your power ratings for Boise State and Arkansas? I'm guessing that you haven't pulled up, right?
3: So I thought Boise was a little bit snake bit last year, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's not like Arkansas would be some two touchdown favorite. Like this, this would be a competitive game uh, if if Boise played to their their baseline. There were some really weird games that were involved in last year uh, that were were kind of funky. Uh, but I, I do give Arkansas the nod. I, I think they're better along the lines of scrimmage and. Quarterback play has long been a strength for Boise, but it really wasn't last year.
0: Boise did absolutely hold the upper hand the entire way against the eventual Mountain West champion, Utah State, in that sort of like big pump-up, big CBS game. It's over real quick. Utah State couldn't help, couldn't stop turning the ball over. Um, Yeah, Arkansas, I like that. Then Alabama-Michigan stays a good game, but... No, it's not. Alabama is it? Big.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Alabama wins by at least two touchdowns.
0: You're telling me that ten last year, double-digit win. Kenneth Walker the third. Did you Michigan see State. Michigan State secondary
1: at all? Oh, oh okay. yeah. That's a bit Sorry. of an issue. Yeah, I mean, I for this is one point of thing we should clear. I I went under the impression that both like John Mechie and Jamison Williams are healthy for this exercise.
0: That to me was not even relevant probably until we get to the championship game.
1: Yeah, no, it's very, it's very relevant for the championship game in my eyes, but I just, yeah. So I I don't see Michigan State hanging with this Alabama team.
0: Alabama over over Arkansas. We see it a lot. Roll Mm -hmm. tied. Yep. All right. Let's work our way down to the east. Uh, Coca, you're killing this. I, I love this. Thank you so much. All right, we go.
1: The most work Coco's ever done.
0: Baylor. <laughs> <laughs> Baylor moves on. North Carolina moves on. Indiana moves on. Uh, UCLA. UCLA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't get don't don't get funny with this. <laughs> Texas, Virginia Tech in another season. Like if you take if you take five and seven Texas and a better Virginia Tech, then. I uh, I might flip this, but I I gave it to the Longhorns.
1: Yeah, I did too. But man, it's not that
3: it's not as clear as it should be.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, not, that's like.
3: Well, <laughs> Bud, what do you have? I mean, I think, I think the Hokies had the best win among these teams. I I do have Texas, but the, I, mean, I think the Hokies Texas did wins. beat UNC.
1: Yeah, I think I think Texas wins fifty point seven percent of the time. You know what I mean. So it's just slightly more than a coin flip.
0: If it wasn't, if it wasn't a Virginia Tech season where they fired their coach, then maybe. But it, nah, Texas advances. Uh, and look, Barton, we love you, buddy. Oh, are you, are you really taking down Jeff Brown? we're gonna go to logo talk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is the only logo I recognize.
0: <laughs> oh. Hey guys,
3: uh, I found our, our our download count from Vermont.
0: You did you what's?
3: Yeah, yeah, there are listeners. Over, yeah, over the last month, we've done 403 downloads from the state of Vermont. So, assuming Shit. you're downloading every show, I mean, we have probably about 25 listeners. I would say, hell yeah, Vermont. go Vermont! That's pretty solid. Now. Uh, we have a lot of other countries that rank like we have more listeners in Germany. That's probably military. Uh Haas Germany or Hess Hess how do we say this? Hesse H E S S
0: E. I know we're in Australia. I think,
3: I think it's Hess. Uh Bavaria, uh many more uh listeners than Vermont. So we need to get our Vermont. Also Tasmania. Uh we have more people in Tasmania listening to us than, than Vermont. So Vermont is I think our worst US state by far.
0: I am once again asking you to download the cover three podcast. <laughs> um, I will
1: say though, I can't imagine Barton covering David Bell.
3: So Purdue, can you imagine Vanderbilt steal, stealing, Villanova's logo? <laughs> we, do we need to have Barton back on the show to discuss the, the logo change? Like this, this rebrand is, is uh, a
1: <laughs> Barton. And they're not, they're idea. not a public
3: school. So you can't FOIA them to figure out how much they spent on, on the uh, consulting firm here. Um,
0: I truly like, I'm I'm not trying to avoid this. I truthfully saw a little bit of um, discussion about this, and it missed me. So is is that what's at the core of this? That the rebrand looks like the Villanova logo? No,
1: it's just that it's kind of simple. Like I kind of maybe I'm in the minority here, but I kind of liked
3: the V on the star logo. Yeah, the problem there was not really the logo, in my opinion. It was sort of the what the guys wearing the logo did. But a fresh start yeah. is. Okay. You know, nobody's gonna care about the logo if they start winning.
0: All right, listen, Barton. Open invitation for logo talk anytime you want, baby. Well, we can get on and we can talk about this. Uh, Murray State, San Francisco. I, you know what I put on. I put on my bracket FCS Southeast. <laughs> Remember, like an <laughs> there,
3: There's a good JUCO in San Fran, though. San Francisco City College is a a pretty good JUCO.
1: All right, but that's not San Francisco, though. I think Murray
3: State actually has a football team. Oh, is there a university? I guess there is University San Francisco because they're in in the tournament, of course. Yeah, yeah,
0: Yeah, the Dons, uh, who just lost their head coach to Florida. Mm -hmm. Uh, Murray State advances, and uh, Peacocks.
1: No, I mean, is, you know, am I the only one that had like the fleeting thought when Kentucky lost to St. Peter's like, Oh no, M- Mark Stoops is going to end up getting fired because of this, because Kentucky <laughs> basketball is no longer as good as it's supposed to be. And now people are going to turn their eyes to the football program.
0: No, it, Stoops. I think Stoops loves it. No, well, excuse me. Stoops doesn't love it. I'm sure he wishes nothing but success for all Kentucky athletics programs. But you know, it, it was like what we were talking about with Scott Satterfield when there's such a mess you know, and all this stuff going on over here, feels like, ooh, okay. I can just sort of take care of business, a little bit less pressure. Um, and yes, so obviously, as we've talked about several times, doing a great job. Baylor against North Carolina. Big 12 champs? Baylor. I would Baylor. Baylor, yeah. North Carolina at its ceiling, at its very best. But Baylor, again, just won the Big 12 championship in the Sugar Bowl. So I'll give the Dave Aranda the nod there. Indiana-UCLA.
1: UCLA. Oh, UCLA. Okay. Unless UCLA turns the ball over eight times.
0: Yeah, that's true. Texas Purdue. <sighs> what did I do here? I said Texas, but I don't like it. Purdue had more wins last year. Purdue was a better team last year. I went Purdue. Purdue was confident.
3: Yeah, that
1: that's the upset right there. Purdue with the upset to get to the sweet sixteen, even though they're probably the higher seed,
0: but you know, they're not and favored. Then. Uh, Kentucky uh, yes. takes care of business. Yeah.
1: Kentucky's football program can reach the Sweet 16. Its basketball program cannot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Baylor-UCLA?
3: UCLA. UCLA. I, Baylor. mm, I went Baylor. I think UCLA can score. And, and Baylor's offense is is kind of hot garbage. Um, now, granted, UCLA has some warts of their own, which is obviously why you guys are are, are picking Baylor. But, like, I look back at my power ratings before the bowl game because obviously, like if you include them beating an Ole Miss team when Corral you know, uh, got hurt, now what was it ankle? I think um, yeah. high on ankle. Straight. One of the very early series of that game, like they're they're going to be overrated in your postseason power ratings because they they played a Sugar Bowl against a team without the team's best player. I I think UCLA is a better team. Mm, I'm cool, but I could be wrong.
0: Baylor. I mean, I mean, Listen, listen. Talking about power ratings, Baylor exceeded the power ratings as well as about anybody in the country. Ten and four against the spread last season, covering the spread by an average of seven point seven points per game.
1: They did, but I, I, for me, more than anything, it's Baylor won the Big Twelve. It got to a New Year's Six bowl. Meanwhile, like LSU lost to Fresno, it lost to Arizona State. It, you know, it's yeah. I don't know. I I think it's a very close game but I Eileen Baylor.
3: Baylor. That's pretty much all Baylor plays though. Like they, they don't they don't play non-close games. Yeah, they 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 know how to they know how to close.
0: Purdue Kentucky is fantastic. Uh,
3: Kentucky. I've got Kentucky. Purdue did beat Tennessee who beat Kentucky. True. So based on
1: that we should probably go Purdue but I just feel like Kentucky could run the ball pretty well on Purdue. Kentucky's what better quarterback do you trust? Aiden, or, or or do you trust? See, that's the thing. It's going to come down to who throws the fewest picks. Yeah.
0: I think AOC throws the fewest picks. I think Will Levis has three. O'Connell has two.
3: <laughs> Purdue <Pretty> run <laughs> defense was suspect, though, and Kentucky has a good O-line. Mm-hmm. See, that's what I was kind of leaning on. I just
1: think that Kentucky would be able to control the ball against them.
3: Kentucky. I think, I think thomas sold me on kentucky yeah all
0: right kentucky into the elite eight the one and two got bounced in basketball but dead come it we got them <laughs> out here all the way making it to where they belong in the east regional final what is the pick i've got baylor over kentucky but you could definitely talk me into kentucky over baylor if y'all got those votes i think kentucky <laughs> i just
3: don't think that how many picks is is David going to scheme against Will Levis? Four? I'm <laughs> uh, tricking him. I mean, like if I, there's anybody who's very good at being like, what they do is BS, mm-hmm. and we're going to stop that and see what else that, if they can play left handed yeah. very well. No,
1: you're that's a very good point. I feel like Baylor could just take away their run game and be like, all right,
0: throw yes. on us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah, Baylor. Baylor. Baylor into the final four. All right, let's move up to the south region where Arizona will advance over Wright State, uh, TCU over Seton Hall, and our first real interesting one, Houston UAB. Houston. 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 Uh, Illinois over Chattanooga.
1: Mm-hmm. Damn Michigan,
0: right. Michigan over Colorado State. Yeah. Yeah shout out to steve adazio tennessee (laughs) ohio state Uh, tennessee over longwood ohio state over loyola um
1: delaware over villanova
0: that's a good fcs that's a good fcs matchup yeah
1: Yeah. but delaware's got like i think villanova's got the better history but i feel like delaware's maybe been a little better lately scott they've had some good quarterbacks come out of that program
0: not just joe flacco
1: not just joe flacco
0: yeah I'll go Delaware. That's fine. Go lose, Let's lose, go yeah, Delaware.
3: Exactly. It doesn't matter. Yeah. They're they're wins.
0: Ohio state.
3: So there, there's uh, an important question I, I, I have for you guys coming up in this region, which I'll, I'll save, but remind me to
0: ask it. Arizona, TCU, 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 TCU. Houston, Illinois. I think Illinois
1: runs all over Houston. Because I think that they they're big enough up front and they have a strong enough run game, but I don't think you guys are going to agree with me.
3: Houston, like their strength, their defense was that defensive
0: line.
1: Yeah, I think Illinois is bigger. They were wow. playing the AAC.
0: I think Houston.
1: I think Houston. Yeah. Wow. It,
0: wow. I it, can't even it's, get it's,
1: Illinois to the Sweet Sixteen in this imaginary football,
0: football bracket. <laughs> uh, Michigan, Tennessee, Michigan,
3: Michigan, Michigan. Yeah.
0: Okay, and then uh, Ohio
3: State. <laughs> did you guys have to think
0: twice about that at all? Michigan- a little Tennessee- bit, yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I give yeah.
1: Tennessee a lot. I didn't just automatically go Michigan. I gave Tennessee a fighting chance.
0: Because TCU had a down year and you know everything that went south with Gary Patterson, and because we've been just like talking ourselves into buying Arizona stock, I spent way too much time thinking about that one, and I did spend a lot of time thinking about Houston, Illinois.
1: Uh, point of order from short round. Villanova beat Delaware last season, so maybe Ooh. we should change that. So congratulations Villanova. You won that game and then lose to Ohio State by 65. <laughs> I think fair.
0: All right. TCU Houston. Fun, fun matchup.
3: Houston. Yeah, Houston. I, I just trust Houston better.
0: Houston's in a good place right now. Uh, and then Ohio State, Michigan.
3: Neutral site, so
0: indoors. Ohio the, State. Yeah, 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 Ohio yeah. State. <laughs> this is what I was going with. Yeah. Ohio
3: State. This is where I wanted to ask because the game for for the listeners who are not watching us on the YouTube version, which you should be, YouTube.com/slash Cover Three. Uh, guys, that game is in the Alamo Dome. Hmm. That's a fast track. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get you get some teams in the Alamo Bowl every year. They score a billion points even when their offenses suck. Yeah. So,
0: Buckeyes. Buckeyes, fifty burger. Let's go. And then uh, Ohio State over Houston? Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. Now down to the bottom right corner of the bracket, the Midwest region. Uh, where? Kansas. Kansas? No, I'm just kidding. Kansas. Uh, and could Diego- Texas
1: Southern's football team give Kansas a
0: game? I don't, I don't, We've seen FCS teams give Kansas plenty of problems. Kansas, San Kansas. Diego State. Um, Iowa over Richmond
1: Mm -hmm. South Dakota Dakota State 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 over Providence
0: Providence there's a 13 over four Right there
1: All right, now here's where it's going to get interesting
3: (laughs)
0: Because
1: Like historic wise LSU over Iowa State But 2021 LSU Like is is this the beginning of the season Before everybody left And there's still hope Or is this the end of the year Where everybody's kind
3: of in the transfer portal And moving on Like the beginning of the season when they got smoked by UCLA? (laughs) Sissy Blue. (laughs) I I want
1: Iowa State. Me too. Like I (laughs) all right. I just, you know, I figured for the show for our brand, it would have been better to go LSU
0: over. Hey, listen. Chat's ready for it. Isaac in the chat, Iowa State fan checking in, ready to be mad. Well
3: LSU run defense sucked. Like, remember how much crap we got last Mm offseason? like,
0: yeah, the run defense actually is kind of
3: bad. And he's like, no, it's just the pass rush. I'm like, okay, we'll watch. Brees Hall. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Iowa State.
0: Iowa State, 11 over 6.
1: And also, just like real life, LSU is playing under an interim coach for this
0: game. (laughs) Uh, Wisconsin over Colgate. All right, Mm -hmm. USC Miami.
1: Miami. I went Miami, yeah.
0: I went Miami. I, I spent all week reading, listening, and writing about USC. So I wanted to project this forward. But again, as as we said at the beginning, most of my thought process was looking at last year. So Canes. By the way, uh,
3: one thing I do want to point out here, which is some unfortunate news for Miami. Did you guys see this this morning? No. Um, Will Mallory, their tight end, who is the second uh, returning uh, receiving yards guy on the team uh, because obviously... Uh, Charles Rambo's is, is gone. Um, he had another uh, shoulder injury. I think he missed all of 2020 with a shoulder. I'm trying try to remember here. He, he had this is a previous shoulder injury, and then uh, he had another shoulder injury. And per the Miami Herald, he was seen in a sling. So uh, that sucks. Jacksonville kid. Hope, hope he gets well and time to play for the year. Uh, but um, if for some reason that's a more serious thing and shoulders. I mean, get ready for fantasy baseball drafts. I'm thinking about shoulder recovery timelines. Yeah, that's a pretty important spot for them. Mm -hmm. Um, 45 targets, 30 catches, 347, four tutties. Uh, I hope he gets back healthy. Especially the way crystal ball teams tend to use their tight ends. That's going to be kind of, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Auburn, Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State has it tied 14 14 at halftime, but Auburn (laughs) pulls away for the win.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Kansas and San Diego State. San Diego State. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Iowa over South Dakota State. Yes. Iowa State, Wisconsin. Good game, Wisconsin.
1: Wisconsin, Wisconsin defense. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then what do you do with Miami, Auburn? I go Miami.
3: Miami. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I I've got Miami, Miami was- <laughs> by quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like for for a Sweet 16 game or for a what is this a 32 game? Yeah. I got I thought, Miami by like 12. I thought Miami was much better than Auburn last year. All right, One All right. is a quarterback and one does not. So that, that's mm-hmm. kind of important.
0: Very important. Um, do, you don't need quarterbacks in San Diego State, Iowa. No, Just you need is the under. Battle. <laughs> this is the best game of our entire <laughs> mock bracket. Over this, under
1: a 35 and a half.
0: Over <laughs> under a 35 and a half in the punting battle between Iowa and San Diego State. I, I went Iowa. Yeah,
1: Iowa seventeen, San Diego State thirteen.
0: <laughs> San Diego State plus the points because they're probably power rated as a seven and a half point dog, right? I
3: don't even think it'd be that much, but yeah. How, how many times do do the teams cross midfield in this game? <laughs> well, no, with, they do. With the quality do. of punting, no, they they do cross midfield takes.
0: and punt still. Yeah. <laughs> Five punts from plus territory combined in uh, <laughs> oh in this game, which doesn't have twelve possessions. It has nine.
3: <laughs> you know when you uh, get all this game, right? Gilmore, yes, yes, oh yeah,
0: please. This uh, is w-
3: just good coaching.
0: Wisconsin, Miami.
1: Where did I go for this? I feel I like X. Miami with the young QB against that Wisconsin defense probably get a little flustered maybe over
3: the Paul Chris turnover chain drop
1: no uh, yes. you talking about
3: yeah my ass Wisconsin yeah
0: <laughs> that was before the Orange Bowl no they played in two bowl games in back-to-back mm-hmm. seasons they played yes. in the Orange Bowl and then in like the Russell Athletic Bowl two years back to back Iowa and Wisconsin we did see it
1: 27-7 Wisconsin.
0: I thought Wisconsin. it was. Wait, wasn't it 27-7 Iowa? No, it was Wisconsin. So, Wisconsin.
1: I'm pretty sure, wasn't it? Let me check here real quick.
3: Tralla, oh, this is great so This the game where Wisconsin's defense just, just smoked him? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because Iowa came in ranked. Wisconsin was unranked. And uh, Yeah,
0: because Wisconsin got lost in the middle of the season, finished strong. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin. All right. So that means our final four is Alabama out of the West Baylor out of the East Ohio state out of the South Wisconsin out of the Midwest, Alabama, Baylor, Alabama. That's That's, Ohio state. That's four scores. Ohio state, Wisconsin,
1: Ohio state.
0: And looky here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. We expanded the playoff to make parody rain
0: a 64 team playoff is still going to give you two of the most frequent college football playoff attendees, Alabama and Ohio State. If we had seen this one, you know, this year, I would have loved it. Bryce mm-hmm. Young against CJ Stroud. Obviously, the so what are we doing with the wide receivers?
1: This is why I was asking earlier. If we've got a healthy Mechie and a healthy Jamison Williams, I'm going with Alabama just because defensively I trust that team more than I trusted Ohio State's defense this year.
3: I mean, I'm going Alabama because of what Tom said, the the weakness of Ohio State's defense. Mm -hmm. But to the point of we will still have the same champions, I I very much agree with that. Uh, In fact, I think it will make it even harder for Cinderella's to actually win the whole thing. But have you ever seen the Matlock episode where he's, he's really, no. he, he's, he's, he's got to go deep into his bag of tricks, right? And he's like, hey, on the count of 10, the deceased will walk through that door. And he counts it down, you know, three, two, one. And then he goes, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 of y'all were looking at that door. How can you judge my client guilty if you're not even convinced this guy is dead? Right? It was actually a, it was a pretty good trick. And here's the thing. It's about creating belief in more fan bases so that we more games people actually care about, especially deeper into the season. It's about a business. That's why you expand the playoff, not to create more champions. <laughs> got to create that belief, even if we know it's fake.
0: Have you used that yet? Is that is that the beginning of the Bud Elliott-Matlock college football playoff expansion argument? No, no. I, I, I just thought
3: about it off the top of my head. I was like, what, you got to be able to, yeah.
0: Bottle first. that. I like it. I thought that and was actually kind of good. We yeah, co- that, that, that. Was, that was very good. And I w- actually, I want to hear it again with the white suit. I want you. full. <laughs> right, I'll, I'll, I'll put the white suit on with it.
3: <laughs> full Andy Griffith in the white suit. I don't know. Like as kids, and this is full off season. Weren't there like a certain, because I, I don't think we had, maybe we had cable. I don't think when I, like when I was young, but like if you, if you were homesick from school. Yep. There's only the certain shows you could watch mm-hmm. during the daytime. Right. Especially like I didn't have cable in my room. Back when I had a TV in my room. So, you, you got so like, much, you know, Maury Povich. Yeah, Maury Povich. And then like, it'd be like Matlock in the heat of the night, maybe. I think some of these shows are probably on Paramount Plus, I would guess. I'm not sure all of them. Um, yeah, yeah, we're all so about we, the same age, right? We're, we're
0: going to have every. Well, actually, we'll turn it into like a whole sketch where we'll get everybody in the jury box wearing uh, T shirts of the different schools that are going to just be sold the hope that they're never going to cash in on. <laughs> yes. Right, And your national championship is walking right through that door in three, two, one.
1: Exactly. (laughs) I saw a lot of all my children growing up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In that same daytime Mm -hmm. kind of moment. Dig it. Alabama, congratulations. You are the Cover 3 podcast NCAA tournament national champion. Coming up on the other side, we turn our attention back to the big old bag of mail, including and starting with looking at a way to change the Heisman Trophy voting. All that and more next. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,
0: Well, we just had fun playing out the entire NCAA tournament from a college football perspective, and I want to share a little cheat code for keeping tabs on March Madness, and it's the CBS Sports mobile app. It's not only your gateway to watching every tournament game, but it's the best for lightning-quick college basketball scoreboards, updating brackets, expert picks, and the latest news on all the action for the men's and women's tournament. And the app is free. Just search CBS Sports in your app store, and if you're like me, it'll soon be your go-to sports app for everything. And as we're sitting here talking to you live on Thursday, the madness continues. Don't miss a moment of the action on CBS, TBS, TNT, and True TV. and download the March Madness Live app to watch every game, anywhere, anytime, live. All right. Here we go. Next question comes from Adam. Great show. Very insightful and entertaining. I love how respectful everyone is and do not talk over each other. Question. Would so movie... Bud, what are you up to? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, if video has helped. Uh, I'm just going to say that. If you, if you would like to watch, you can actually see cues, which allow us to be able to give you this great product in the multi-platform excellence. All right, Adam's question. Would moving the Heisman or other major college football awards back to mid-January decrease the number of bowl opt-outs? Is the Heisman significant enough to motivate a star to play another game? And then I added on top of this, because we are Heisman Trophy voters, um, that would how do you think it would change the winner's or the voting process, if we waited until after the postseason to vote on the Heisman?
1: I I think that we're already in a situation where the playoff drives so much discussion that it's going to be hard to imagine many Heisman winners coming from programs that aren't playing for the college football playoff or at least competing for it most of the season. And I think if you move it to mid-January, it's 100% of the time going to be whoever played the best in the college football playoff, winning the award, which I I don't know about that. As far as like impacting bowl opt-outs, do we care about bowls or not? Because like everybody wants to expand the playoff because the bulls are meaningless, but then they're all worried about players opting out of the bulls. So I, I get lost there, but I think it's the more important one is the high, how would it impact the Heisman voting? And I, I just think it'd be a hundred percent, the quarterback of the national champion every single year. If we do that,
0: like whoever the offensive MVP was from the college football playoff, national championship game.
3: Yeah. it It is interesting to think about uh, in recent memory, which Heisman awards would have gone differently. Mm-hmm. Like Vince Young is the one that would stand out to me the most if he did that. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? I'm trying to think here.
0: Deshaun was a runner up twice.
3: Deshaun would have won it over Derrick Henry. And then what was
1: the year? Lamar one? Do you think Deshaun would have won it that year too? Well, Lamar did win the head to head, or uh, no, he didn't. Sorry, Deshaun yep. won the head. Deshaun yeah. won the head, and then Lamar. I think in that that year they played LSU in the bowl game, and I don't think he played very well.
0: I think it would have been, I think Derrick Henry would have still gotten it in 15. I think that, well, maybe not because Deshaun threw for like 435 against Alabama in a losing effort Yeah. after that championship game. And we came out of it. Whoa. Oh my gosh. Deshaun Watson. And it brought up all the hype for 2016, which as you mentioned, Lamar Jackson was the Heisman winner, but then Deshaun Watson threw a game winning touchdown pass to take down Alabama. If the voting was done, then there's that flips. I think Deshaun mm-hmm. gets it over Lamar in 16.
3: Does uh does Tebow take down uh Sam Bradford in 08
0: after the championship game?
3: Yeah, probably.
0: Wow. That would have been two straight Heisman's too, even with all the Archie Griffin pressure. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Um, I think Marcus Mariota probably still wins in 14. I know Ezekiel Elliott ran crazy in the college football playoffs. But was Zeke I don't know,
1: was Zeke like a real threat to win it at the time before that, yeah. though? I don't so, remember
0: him as... I remember that as being like a late-season, post season emergence of him as a star.
1: Yeah, like he was a very good player all season long, but I think the playoff was the real coming-out
3: party for national recognition. I'm trying to think what what other ones would have been, been interesting.
0: Yeah, because the, the Reggie Bush to um, Vince Young, it actually was handed when he just threw that ball. It was a Heisman <laughs> trophy, that he was just <laughs> dropping on the ground right there. Um, I still
1: would have voted for Reggie Bush. No disrespect to Vince Young, but Reggie Bush was
0: incredible. So then let's see, what else would we have in the mix? The, Devonta was a national champion. That's would have been the same. Joe Burrow was a national champion. That would have been the same in 2018. Kyler Murray won it. Tua was a finalist.
1: That might've changed.
0: Might have changed. Uh, Baker Mayfield in 2017. I think that Baker probably still would have won it, even though they lost in the semifinals.
1: Yeah, he played well enough in the Rose Bowl that I think he holds on to it.
0: Oh, Which year was Christian McCaffrey a finalist?
1: Uh, it was the...
0: Uh, he went crazy in, in the, Rose the Rose Bowl. Bowl. Mm. Who won it
1: that year? It was... that
0: uh... year. Stetson Bennett over Bryce Young, says Dylon 47.
1: Yes, for yes. sure. I mean, I voted for Stetson before the playoffs, So, you know, of course. Now, who won it that year with that? McCaffrey that, was the...
0: That finals. was Derrick Henry year. Yeah. Um, Jameis Winston in 13. So what I'm looking at, based on the last 10 years of data, is if we moved it to January, there would probably 40% of the time we would possibly have a new Heisman Trophy winner not all not a majority of the time but at least cuz in the sense like the heisman being a best most outstanding player in college football you're probably picking a national title contender and if that national title contender plays for or wins the national championship then you're probably still keeping the vote the same
1: yeah and i mean think about the impact that the conference title games have on the heisman voting like because those are the final games before votes are due and you see how many times a player has a huge performance in an SEC championship game or a Big Ten championship, and it kind of tilts the voting in their favor because while a lot of Heisman voters are paying attention all season long, there are a lot of people who kind of just start paying attention at the end when their votes are due. And it's like, like, oh, I saw that guy play. He played really well. So if you do that, if you move it to mid-January, I don't think it's a terrible idea, but I definitely think that will be the result. You're just going to get one of the players from the top four teams.
0: So it's almost like it has a, a you're, you've got a better chance of a Robert Griffin, Johnny Manziel, Lamar Jackson by having it in early December than you do if you moved it until after the playoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And would it impact uh, players opting out? I say no.
1: No, because I don't think any of the players that are opting out are really Heisman contenders anyway, usually.
0: Or, yeah, or not competing for national championships, which the Venn like if, diagram.
1: If you were Kenny Pickett last year, you're a Heisman finalist. Are you, if you're still, are, are you playing in that bowl game to, in hopes of getting more Heisman votes, even though you're not, you know, your team's not in the playoff? It's the same situation, except now, ooh, maybe I'll pick up a few more Heisman votes. Is that really going to convince you to play in the game when your NFL future is what you're focused on? No. Yeah. Exactly. It's like it's not like you sit there thinking, man, if I get 10 more second place votes, that's going to be like
0: five million on my signing bonus.
1: That's not how it works.
0: Speaking of Pitt, I I said it, so we got to make sure we get it in here. Uh, First question, I'm going to read two questions and then we can sort of attack the different angles of this. First question. These guys are far and away the best college football pod. There's an art tree, funny and informative, entertaining and smart. Being an insider while welcoming, and these guys nail it. So glad I found it in 2020. Mailbag question. What is Pitt football's ceiling? Did I just witness the pinnacle? A New Year's Six bowl only because we had a great QB season and the ACC was down? Or does Pitt have the ability to build on that success and have a chance to even make a Cincinnati esque? sneak into the playoff building on a big year they don't lose much besides quarterback and they brought in Keaton Slovis and Mumpfield thanks guys
1: they don't lose much besides the quarterback (laughs) my friend you just said that is is the ceiling hoping that we get a great quarterback in a down year then two sentences later you're like well we don't lose much except the quarterback (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Second question. Great pod, my go-to for CFP content with the addition of Keaton Slovis and returning the Bolitnikoff winner in Jordan Addison, plus the entire offensive line and all three running backs coming back. What is Pitt's ceiling in 2022? In my opinion, they are the coastal favorites with the only other contender being Miami. They also have the potential for a quality non-con wins with West Virginia and Tennessee on the schedule. What should Pitt fans' expectations be for 2022?
3: Did Coker write this question calling West Virginia quality non-con? Uh, <laughs> <actually>. <laughs> oh, man. I actually am kind of high on Pitt. Uh, I feel like, I mean, obviously they lose the quarterback. So that, that's, that's a pretty big deal. because uh, they lose really the offensive good.
0: coordinator too.
3: They do, mm-hmm. which, you know, why, why did he dip? Is it, he just love Nebraska or did he not love working there? Who, who knows? But there's a lot to like about this Pitt team. Um, the questioner mentioned the schedule, and I think that's actually a pretty valid one. I, there is a chance that Pitt is favored in all 12 games. Like, I don't know that they're favored at Miami, but it's possible that they could be. Um, I don't know that they're favored at home against Tennessee, but again, certainly possible. And they beat Tennessee in Nealand last year. The, the only two other games I think they could be a dog in potentially are at Louisville and at UNC. Uh, and their other opponent from the uh, from the Atlantic is Syracuse, which is generally a pretty nice thing to to get from that division. Offensive line does return; that's been improving there at at Pitt. You kept Jordan Addison, uh, and you get Mumfield, so that's that's a big thing right there. They got a whole lot of pretty good defensive linemen coming back, so you know we'll see. If anybody else goes, but I'm I'm fairly confident that they'll be again be able to rush the passer, protect the passer, and they have some nice weapons to throw to at receiver. They got a lot of lot to replace at linebacker. I mean,
0: yep, quite. So Savasey Dennis was a lot.
3: Yeah, um, wait, is he
0: back? I thought or no.
3: Did he go I pro? Like-
0: I feel like Servassi Dennis is ex- if if back. I'm going to say that he's an eighth year. He's on the Kenny Pickett plan. He, he so might be a su- he might God. be a super senior. Okay. That's, um, that's
1: just, it is
3: so hard to keep track of who has.
1: it. I have a question thinking.
3: next to him on my sheet. Let me see here. Did Dennis go pro?
0: Is there
1: a Servasius
3: uh, uh, Dennis?
0: I think that the ceiling for Pitt in uh, 2022 is winning the ACC Coastal and reasonable expectations or that you are one of the top reasonable expectations are top three. And if you have high, if you are thinking that Pitt is going to be everything you want it to be, then top two is really what you're going for. I think if you fall behind, um, a Miami North Carolina and one other team in that division, then it has been a disappointing season. And then how does that game out? Big picture, um, you know, with the non-conference schedule that you've mentioned, it might be eight and four.
3: I think yeah. having a very experienced secondary helps you here too. By the way, like you can run more of what Narduzzi wants to run. I think Dennis is back. By the way, wow. Um, now yeah, he's was, he was only technically a junior last year. Wow.
1: Yeah, feels like he's been there forever. Wow. So, See, what about you? You think? You, we talked like Jordan Addison is back but is there a chance that he's not because Pat Narduzzi said something a couple weeks ago about how teams is like he's got to fight off teams coming after Jordan Addison
0: <laughs> May like, 2nd is on every Pitt fan's calendar just to make sure that Jordan Addison is uh, still on the roster when the transfer deadline passes
1: yeah because you know like there are programs that are like hey you know uh, would you rather ha- you know Kenny Pickett's gone Do you want to come here and play with uh, you know this great
3: quarterback of ours <laughs> I think well, part of this was when when their receiver coach uh, left for Texas. A lot of people thought, hey, he might follow him to Texas, including me. I was like, that, I wonder if that could happen. Um, but ultimately, it hasn't so far. I, I would guess he stays. I would hope he does, but yeah. No,
1: I, I think that Pitt is – I think you're right, Pitt, Chip. I think Pitt is a team that could compete for the Coastal next year. I don't know if a 10-11 win season is again in the cards. I don't think it's crazily out of – you know, out of the realm of possibility, though. I, I think that this is a decent enough team that's built a solid enough foundation that you should expect them to have successful years. But I, I also think that if you're looking at the ceiling, going back to the original question about what is this program, I think that if we go to 12 teams, Pitt is a team that every once in a while, like last year, could be in the running for a playoff spot. But I, I think that's probably going to be your ceiling.
0: To be an ACC champion outside the top four but inside the top 12 or to be an ACC runner-up inside the top 12 feels like a a good appropriate ceiling and then you've got a crack. you got a Mm -hmm. shot at it. There's that hope for you.
3: I mean, I think this this boils down to how much do you believe in (sighs) (sighs)
0: Slovis? I'm not buying the stock but I'm going to root for his success. He had that Electric start, then he had some struggles, and then he even talked to reporters about how he was having some confidence issues. Not great at the quarterback yeah. position.
1: And it all started with like the shoulder injuries. And you wonder, like those confidence issues could very much be related to his shoulder. What do you think?
3: Uh what do you think their win total will come out at? Seven and a half. I'd say eight, eight, I'm and over a half. on that. Yeah, I was thinking eight and a half, but yeah, somewhere in that range, I guess. But it'll depend on, on the reports from spring with slowest.
0: Without a doubt. Um, all right, let's hit one more here. All right, this question is from Ryan. Hey, guys. Love the pod and looking forward to winning the bracket challenge. I had a question about recruiting. To me, it seems like, for the most part, rich teams get richer when it comes to recruiting. I know you guys talk about the blue chip prospects a lot, and generally the teams that have the most blue chip prospects win titles. It's called the blue chip ratio created by Bud Elliott. Uh, From what I understand, there are a handful of schools, parentheses, blue bloods that tend to land all these guys and that the blue bloods is a pretty exclusive club. That's hard to break into my question is, is how would a team be able to grow and recruit these kind of prospects like an Alabama, Georgia, or a Clemson, or is that not really an attainable goal? I will admit I do not understand the recruiting process as much as I would like, so I would love to hear your opinion. And Ryan, just like another listener has said in this very mailbag episode, we are more than happy uh, to be able to communicate to a wide audience from the most diehard recruitniks uh, to those of you that just enjoy the sport of football and are starting to learn about what goes on behind the scenes. And we are happy to be able to provide those kind of perspectives here. So, Bud, first crack at this, is it possible to be able to grow into an elite recruiter? And if so, what are the steps and what are the path, Like, what is the path to be able to do that?
3: Sure, I, I think it is. Possible now, it's not probable, but it's certainly possible. So, with, with that out of the way, uh, it kind of there, there's essentially two aims, right? You need to be on the procurement side and the identification side. So, iding the right guys that that, that fit your system, uh, iding the guys who you believe are truly elite prospects, and, and getting on them earlier than everybody else. But again, everybody else is trying to do that too. So, there's no one team that is just that much better than everybody else at finding the next stud and, and offering him. A week earlier, but again, that does roll into the whole procurement side of things uh, somewhat because kids do seem to put a disproportionate amount of weight on the first team to show them love, especially like the first big time team. You know, we're not not really talking like a Georgia State here, but uh, on on the procurement side, uh, you need to have things to sell and you need to have good salespeople. Uh, So things to sell tradition that matters quite a bit to your high school coaches and your parents. To the extent that kids pay attention to it, it matters uh, to them as well. History of sending kids to the NFL, a fun atmosphere uh, to play in, a chance to play for championships really matters to some, and and other kids I really don't think give a damn. Uh, Let me see. Atmosphere, both in terms of like campus atmosphere but also game day atmosphere can matter some. Facilities matter some. I think that's becoming less important, honestly, now that pretty much everybody in the game has facilities. And again, nobody in baseball or NFL talks, oh, I signed with the Reds or, or with New York Giants because they had good facilities, right? No, they, they don't really care. They care about the dollars, which is where I'm going with this next. I think if you want to be a truly elite recruiter, you do need to have a uh, an aggressive, functional NIL program. Um, you know, we don't have to pretend that a guy who just signed for $8 million for four years has an NIL value because some calculator tells me it does of 330 K, right? Like that's that's just silly. I saw that out there as a graphic the other day. I was like, "Mm, I think you guys are off by like 7.4 million, but uh, you know, just, just small miss there. So, and even with all that, you need to have the coaches who put the relationships together to convince these kids it's the right place to go. Uh, That's building trust. It's building a trust that they really have the best interest at heart and that they're going to take care of me. And then finally, identifying the right person to make uh, the decision. So typically there is somebody helping one of these kids out uh, with their decision, whether it's mom, dad, uncle, shady street agent, high school coach, sometimes that's the same person, uh, you know, whatever it is. Uh, You need to be able to figure that out uh, so you can be in their ear and they can be in the prospects ear as well about picking your school. I don't have a whole lot to add to that.
0: Well, I, I actually, I do. Well, I guess they're follow-up questions. Yeah. Like what? Where? Where is the line for elite recruiter? And there have to be examples of when you're recruiting at an elite level and then you drop down, right? I mean, this we live as though, uh, or we talk about it as though Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State are elite recruiting programs and are going to be elite repro- recruiting programs, and and these are things that are just going to go on forever. Texas A&M obviously has turned into an elite recruiting program under Jimbo Fisher popped a little bit under Kevin Sumlin, but I don't think that was sustainable, uh, at least in terms of really being able to go head to head with your Alabama, your Georgia or Texas. I mean, your Alabama, Georgia or Ohio state is Texas an elite recruiter. Yes. Yeah. How, How many, how many are in that top tier? Cause that makes it also easier for me to try to figure out like, okay, so who's close to being an elite recruiter that just needs, you know, a little bit more to get them over the top.
3: Yes. Well, I would say probably at like six to seven rotate on, on an annual basis. And then there's another group of teams that recruit well enough if they nail quarterback to potentially take home a title, right? Like th- those are kind of the two ways we see do it. It's like that
0: Penn state, recru- Michigan,
3: Penn state, Michigan, you know, Oregon came really close with Mariota. Um, you know, th- those type of schools,
0: Oklahoma,
3: uh, Oklahoma has been in that elite class, uh, several times under Lincoln Riley. Uh, well, I, I think they'll continue to recruit well under Venables. Hey, then, look at me. I said something positive. About Oklahoma. Guys. And,
0: then, and is it in like, in terms of like building up, is that only something that you can look at from a fan perspective as w- knowing that you need to stack classes to truly be an elite recruiting operation? Because I see those successes as representative, Of resources, and you know, you mentioned the NIL collective, but I've always thought that it's an investment of time, an investment of money, an investment of your charter planes, and investment of you know how you choose to prioritize. Whether it is just the shady bag man, or whether it is the the value of an assistant coach's time to be able to pour into someone as opposed to pouring into someone else that you need to be able to make the right decisions, not just within one recruiting class, but over multiple recruiting classes to be able to establish the relationship and reputation that can make it so you don't have to spend as much on the selling part of of it. So
3: let me ask you this. Do you think that that recruiting will become less important for assistant coaches as we move more towards a player salary model?
0: I think assistant coaches would like that.
3: Well, yeah, they would love it. It was one of the reasons why I thought Urban Meyer would be a disaster in the NFL. It's like,
0: oh, his best trait, far
3: and away, far and away, is recruiting elite talent.
0: Didn't you? That's not a you, skill in the NFL. I've heard coaches talk talk about changing the recruiting calendar, trying to create some sort of, you know, like transfer when they don't say transfer window because most of them are not um, tracking Serie A like your boys are, but you know. They would like something where it doesn't feel like you are recruiting twelve months out of the year, where you would be able to take some time and, and spend some time with your family, a little bit of downtime, some of the some of the burnout that I think head coaches are fearful of from their assistant coaches. I would think that coaches would be in favor of uh, it tilting a little bit more away from the recruiting side of it and a little bit more towards hard numbers. Yeah. Right. Maybe.
1: No. I. I yeah. 100 percent, but i i'd wonder like i'm still trying to figure out a way how would things go if we just go to more of a salary model like i think you're still gonna have to recruit but it's just gonna be you're selling different aspects of it if you're you know it's not just gonna other than well we'll pay you more like i wonder what else there's going to be
0: like what the new if ever if the facility arms race is done and everybody has sweet facilities what's the next What's the next thing that you're trying to do as a differentiator?
1: Yeah, like, uh, you know, we we know this guy on Wall Street who can help turn that money into something more. I, I, I don't oh, know.
0: man, here's the NIL money. Mm-hmm. And have we talked about upside-down mortgages?
1: You know what? <laughs> <laughs> this conference is called the SEC, but there's another SEC we need <laughs> to teach you about.
0: <laughs> yeah oh man good stuff (laughs) all right if you would like to add a question to a future mailbag episode you can do so by leaving us a five star review and in that review put your question just like all these wonderful questions were in today's show you can follow him on twitter at tom Fernelli, follow him at bud elliott three you can follow me at chip underscore patterson gentlemen thank you very much
1: thank you